This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by three leaders from the Vandalia Health System. The Vandalia Health System is one of the two largest great health systems in West Virginia. West Virginia has these unusually fantastic health systems, and Vandalia Health is right there. It's it's just a magnificent health system. We're joined today by David Goldberg, who's the president of the Mon Health System uh, and executive vice president of Vandalia Health. We've also got with us Dr. Wissam Garib, interventional cardiologist, medical director of structural heart and catheterization labs at Mon Health Heart and Vascular Center, and, and Dr. Yashar Shakirirad, uh, urologist and robotic surgeon, and also medical director of the robotic and minimally invasive surgery Mon Health Medical Center. Thrilled to visit with the three of you today to tell us some things that are going on at the Vandalia Health System at Mon Health, Mon Health, and, and, and talk about the system and more. David, uh, Wissam, Yashar, let me ask you first to each take one moment and introduce each of yourselves. Uh, Dr. Yashar Shakirirad, why don't we start with you, then Dr. Garib, and, and then um, David. Well, thank you, and thanks for having us on the podcast. Um, so I'm a urologist and robotic surgeon here at Mon Health and the director of the Robotic Surgery and Minimally Invasive Surgery Center. Um, I uh, went to high school here in West Virginia. I uh, graduated uh, college here at WVU West Virginia University and uh, did my medical school training in Lewisburg, West Virginia, before I moved to Michigan, where I trained in uh, urology and advanced robotic surgery. And my wife and I, uh, who is also from West Virginia, we decided to come back home uh, to the familiar, and we are back at Mon Health and um, serving the patients here in the past six, seven years. Phenomenal. And you did not become a University of Michigan fan, did you, when you were in Michigan? I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is a Michigan State uh, kind of territory. So, <laughs> Much bigger fans of the Spartans and the Wolverines, so God bless you. Dr. <laughs> Gareeb, how about yourself? Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Wissam Gareeb. I'm an interventional cardiologist. I'm originally from Lebanon, came and lived in Charleston, West Virginia in the mid-'80s, went to WVU for college med school, and then I did my residency and fellowship in cardiology and then interventional cardiology all at WVU. Uh, I joined MON about six or seven years ago. Um, we specialize in pretty much everything that pertains to heart, uh, do a lot of the structural heart disease, a lot of the different kinds of things that uh, most people don't want to touch. So when patients are you know, very sick, have multiple comorbidities, multiple issues, we try to take on those patients and try to take care of them in the most minimally invasive fashion. Thank you. And take one moment. The, the life journey of so many of our, our, our greatest people from other countries to here, just give us a moment on what it was like moving from Lebanon to West Virginia. They seem like quite different places, but, 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 but tell us, what was that like? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, obviously, I come from a very small town in a very rural area of Lebanon. And, uh, you know, coming uh, to New York, which is where we first landed before moving on to uh, Charleston, West Virginia on our layover. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty large, big step. Uh, but, uh, you know, West Virginia has been a wonderful place to move to. We have uh, been here my whole life, other than for a short stint in Pittsburgh. 
it's a it's a very um, very welcome state. Very very good people. And now, many people don't know this, but but take a moment. You might be the only two Lebanese brothers that work together at Vandalia Health. Can you talk for one moment about you have a brother that works at the system too? Yeah, yeah. So that's my older brother. Um, you know, he was in Charleston. I'm up here. And then when the two systems merged, it actually was uh, really great because we've already collaborated, obviously, in our private lives about what we do. And now we actually get to collaborate and talk about, you know, what's the best product that we can get to the system? How can we streamline the kinds of things that we're doing? So it it's merged our uh, private lives with our work lives. So it was it, it really uh, wasn't by intent, but that's how it worked out. And it's been it's been great. Now, now, as I understand it, and 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 so the the one difficult question I'll ask you, I asked Dr. Shakiri Rad whether a University of Michigan or Michigan State fan, he gave us that, um, you know, a hard answer with Michigan being a national champ. You're one of six physician siblings. Who's the best doctor of the six? Uh, you're talking to him. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No hesitation. No, I, I assume as such, but that's very, very good. And you handled it like a pro. Thank you. David, tell us about yourself in Vandalia Health and the Mon Health System. How do I follow that? So uh, Dr. Rapp got his green roots at Michigan State and now Mon Green. And then Dr. Weesom Garib is the best uh, Garib as he's sharing. Um, now you can see why I love being here at Mon. So I've been here five years. Uh, when I got here, Mon Health started as a three-hospital system. And just recently, the Davis Health System, anchored in Elkins, West Virginia, just joined our family in December. Uh, and so that brings us to seven owned hospitals in what we call Vandalia North, three managed hospitals, and the legacy Charleston Area Medical Center Health System hospitals. So we're 17 hospitals, um, second largest employer in the state. Uh, we came together in 22, and we've grown rapidly. Um, and as you could see, we're surrounded by the best doctors. And what you don't know is, besides Dr. Wiesam Garib, he had his sister Suzanne, who's a rheumatologist, joined our uh, family a little less than a year ago. And then uh, Wiesam's wife is a doctor in the community, sister, other brothers. So uh, that's probably one of the smartest gene pools in West Virginia. Well, thank God for the uh, whole family producing doctors and marrying doctors and coming to West Virginia. Thank goodness. Um, talk to us a little bit, David, about sort of this year. What do you, I mean, you've obviously, you love what you do. You love the physician colleagues and the whole entire team that works with you at Vandalia and Mon Health. T take a moment about what you're most excited about this year and what's going to drive some of the system's growth in 2024? So uh, I believe our secret sauce is clinician leaders like Dr. Rad and Dr. Garib and all of the peers that they work with are leading the clinical enterprise. I feel like I'm the conductor of the orchestra. We have two first chair doctors here on this podcast that represent the best of the best. Um, you released um, a podcast or a listing about a year ago about the five worst places to practice medicine as a doctor and Morgantown, West Virginia was one of them. Um, I took that to heart. I don't believe it. Um, and these doctors are going to talk today. What excites me and excites the state is we're bending the cost curve. We're improving outcomes. And they're the ones who are leading it. And my job is just to support them as the best I can, give them the resources they need, keep the patient in the center of what we do, and empower them to do the right thing for our community. 
Thank you. And, and Dr. Grieve, talk about your specialty and leadership there and, and, and what you do and what you're trying to, to lead in. So, so cardiology has morphed, you know, from a very basic subspecialty in the late 80s, and then stents became available in the early 94 era, and then drug-eluting stents became available in 2003. Now it's morphed to the entire cardiovascular space. So where before it used to be just diagnostics and then coronary stents, it's really now all-encompassing where it's not just looking at a coronary, it's not, oh, is this better for surgery or is this a stent and is this a competition between vascular surgery, cardiology, CT surgery, what it's morphed into, and that's what we have really embraced and are going forward with, is a, is a team approach. So you take patients and no one lives in a vacuum. You have a patient comes in, say with a aortic stenosis where one of their valves isn't working. Well, now you have to look at the whole patient. Do they have coronary disease? What's their family situation like? Do they have the support structure after we do their open heart surgery and replace their valves to have them rehabilitate and then go on to have a fruitful long life? Or is this a patient that actually would be better served with a more minimalistic approach? So it's really morphed into this very large, complicated, every patient is complicated and different to how can we best serve this patient by bringing all the specialties that deal with this together. And that means sometimes bringing in vascular, bringing in CT surgery, discussing, okay, while this may be better for bypass, given this patient's overall situation, you know, they don't, they, they're unable to walk, they have very, very poor um, uh, issues with, uh, with ambulation, maybe it's better to do the valve through the groin with a TAVR, and then do stenting of these coronaries. All of this is done in the background with the patient in the center and coming up, what's the best thing to do for this particular patient? So we take a very complex patient, very complex situation, and try to make it minimal risk for the best outcome, best results. So it's not always the uh, right answer by the book, it's the right answer for the entire patient. Because anytime you look at guidelines, you're looking at just one specific thing, coronary, uh, valve, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. And, and Dr. Shakuri Rad, or Dr. Rad, talk to us a little bit about robotic surgery, urology. You've done more than 1,500 procedures on the Da Vinci Intuitive Robots. You're one of the leaders in the country on this. Talk a bit about what you see, what, what's evolving there. Yeah, so robotic surgery is really advanced laparoscopic surgery. And uh, the innovative blend of technology and medicine is not just about the futuristic gadgets that are used. It's really revolutionizing care delivery and changing outcomes. When we think about robots, uh, most people think of uh, the Terminator, Johnny Five. You know, and so I have to tell my patients all the time, these are not tools that are autonomous, uh, especially in the age of artificial intelligence. We have to tell our patients that robotic surgery is surgeon controlled. So the hands behind the tool are really important. Robotic surgery consists of uh, advanced tools that are attached to the patient through small um, trocars. These are small uh, metal tubes. And through these tubes, we introduce instruments inside the patient. Uh, 
The surgeon then sits at a console, like a very advanced uh, remote control, and is able to move these instruments in very precise fashion so that we can accomplish uh, usually very difficult operations in a much more minimally, minimally invasive fashion. So let's talk about that precision, for example, because when we talk about robots, we think precision. Robotic systems uh, bring an unparalleled level of accuracy uh, to our procedures. We have advanced mechanics and fine-tuned controls on these that enable us surgeons to perform complex tasks that might be challenging by hand or traditional laparoscopic techniques. The advantages of robotic technology include uh, things like improved dexterity uh, and, and precision. Uh, we talk about seven degrees of freedom of the wristed motions of these instruments. That means we can move these wrists in seven dimensions. Visual magnification uh, with 3D view is a big plus that we have. So we feel like we are inside the body when we are operating. It's 3D just like uh, 3D uh, goggles that uh, uh, people use to play video games. And then we have enhanced suturing possibilities, enhanced instruments that uh, provide certain types of energy, whether it's for cutting or for um, connecting things together and estimosing things. And then the, it really decreases surgeon fatigue and tremor and it's ergonomic. Usually when we talk about laparoscopic surgery, Surgeons stand uh, over the patient in really odd uh, postures, and we are trying to move these straight sticks inside and outside of the patient, and we're trying to uh, move things. So imagine you hold a long stick, and you're trying to manipulate uh, a rock, uh, and, and you're trying to balance that rock on that stick. You're going to have naturally a tremor at the very tip of that uh, instrument, regardless of how still your actual hands may be. The, the robot reduces that tremor, actually eliminates it altogether. And, and the surgeon is also not standing over the patient in odd uh, posture. We are sitting uh, in a chair very comfortably, and we can thereby also extend the surgeon's uh, uh, surgical life, essentially. So we can surgeons can operate uh, for, for longer periods of time. Uh, so this is uh, the, the most kind of important part of robotic surgery, but also robotics has allowed us because of these advancements to take uh, traditional open surgeries that we couldn't otherwise uh, convert to laparoscopic surgery and now make them minimally invasive. Uh, traditional surgeries often require large incisions, um, and these incisions are more prone to get infected. Patients have, can have complications uh, during these open operations because we are just trying to uh, sometimes dissect by feel, or we can't get to certain parts, and we are um, just relying on the tactile feedback of our hands. Well, with robotic surgery, we can actually visualize everything. We can advance these uh, tiny cameras into the smallest parts of the body and see exactly what we are doing and, uh, and thereby have better outcomes. Recovery times thereby improve. So uh, patients can uh, uh, go home and be with their loved ones earlier. Uh, as a matter of fact, at Mon Health, uh, since we started our program, um, we have sent um, the, the, over 90% of our uh, prostate surgeries home the same day, over 90% of our kidney operations home the same day. And so that didn't used to be the norm. We used to keep patients in house for several days sometimes. Um, blood loss is extremely minimal because, again, we can see things. We're not just pulling and tugging on structures so we can uh, cauterize uh, tissues uh, so that there's no bleeding. And um, 
access and cost was really a big issue in the past. And I think the futuristic thinking of, uh, you know, our leader here, David Goldberg, has really helped us uh, bring these tools in-house because, number one, we, we have to give our patients access, but also there's a cost associated with technology. Um, and, and um, you know, our Apple I, uh, iPhones are very expensive to obtain, and so, so are these surgical instruments. But uh, working together with our surgeons, with industry, we have been able to mitigate that and see that there's a benefit, actually, even from a cost standpoint, by using robotic technology, because we are sending these, these patients home. There are no complications, no readmissions. So all of that, I think, um, has really uh, moved robotic surgery into... Uh, uh, in, into the front light. And now general surgeons are using it routinely, urologists, uh, OBGYNs, uh, gynecologic oncologists. We have ENT surgeons. There are actually robots in neurosurgery, ophthalmology, and dentistry. And so I think this is going to become more and more the norm where patients will expect uh, their surgeries to be done with some kind of a robotic technology in the future. But if I can add, I think if you asked me about the excitement, you heard these two great doctors, you know, what they didn't say is we some grieve was one of the is the first in the state of West Virginia to do renal denervation and leads in the watchman procedure at our 155 bed hospital. Dr. Rad did the first removal of the prostate through the single port da Vinci in the state of West Virginia. So these people are in what I'd say the incubator environment to do what's best for the patient. Um, we surround them with what they need, and we have the all-star medical staff here, and they're using technology and advanced approaches to really improve in Appalachia. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a fascinating situation. The highest level tech, the highest level physicians. I'm going to ask each of you to indulge me for a moment. Dr. Rad, I'm going to ask you to ask what questions you would ask David Goldberg, but it can't be about physician compensation. It could be about anything but physician compensation. Dr. Goldberg, I'll ask you to ask what question you asked Dr. Garib, and then Dr. Garib, I'll ask you to do the same thing with Dr. Rad. Dr. Rad, any question that comes to mind that you'd like David to talk about for an audience? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's access and, and the future of healthcare. I mean, where do we see healthcare going with, uh, you know, insurance companies consolidating, hospitals consolidating, I mean, he, David and I started around the same time. He had Mon Health, and uh, you know, uh, I always uh, tell my my uh, uh, staff and family that you know, because of his uh, futuristic vision, that's why I'm here, and that's why I stayed in West Virginia. And I think uh, he has a, a really grand vision for how healthcare can be. And despite uh, people talking about, like you mentioned, uh, West Virginia was, or Morgantown was one of the worst places to practice healthcare, I think David uh, has actually changed that. And I think it can be one of the best places to uh, practice healthcare. So for my question to him is, uh, what does the future hold and, and how are we going to uh, expand our vision to the rest? So I mean, I'm bullish about the future. Um, you know, we are, by every note, uh, one of the sickest, unhealthiest states in the country. Um, we're one of the poorest, most fragile. So having doctors like Dr. Shakuri Rad, Dr. Garib and his family, you heard the lineages here, to come back to the state, to want to be here, to make a difference, to be able to improve the outcomes is what keeps me going each and every day. So when Dr. Garib comes and talks about renal denervation, when um, Dr. Rad comes and talks to us about the robots, when we have to improve our hybrid room, when we have to bring in new technologies, to me, it's balancing the affordability, but also we know hospitals are critical care boxes in the future and most is in the medical home. 
So how do we afford the change of reimbursement? How do we maximize the way to get the dollars in the door uh, and improve the outcome? So West Virginia becomes the one of the most healthy, one of the most livable, and one of the most productive areas. Um, we're doing that with economic development, and I believe healthcare has to be part of that four-legged stool of economic development to draw people here and maintain them. Thank you. And, and David, a, a question for Dr. Garib. Uh, and, and what question would you ask Dr. Garib? So first I'd ask him why he thinks he's the the the, the best of the Garibs. But um, all kidding aside, you know, Dr. Garib, I've been around you for five years. You, you took a gamble to come to Mond from another um, health system. What do you see the future for you um, continuing to develop as cardiac disease continues to, to be one of the biggest issues in the state? What do you need from us as an administration and, and the payer community to continue to help you and your peers be successful and take care of our community well? So I, I think admin at Mon has been extremely supportive. I think the, the, the payer community, that's where I think we would love to see them come in and look at us and say, look, yeah, everything we do in cardiology, everything that Dr. Rad's doing in, in the robotic realm is expensive. And how, how do we make it so that it is affordable for us to continue to do this without breaking the bank? So, so what I would like to have us do is make sure that we're not hindered by the costs, but yet we're able to deliver this really next level type care to patients in West Virginia. And what I would like to do is make it more system-wide so that it's not based on one physician or one group, but actually everyone in the group is among the same, is delivering the same high level of care. So it's more of a legacy product, not just one position or one, one specific little area. I want to see us all grow, the entire group continue to improve and do better, but I want us to be able to do this without breaking the bank. And I don't know if you have an answer to that, but that's where we need the payers to understand that, yes, we are delivering an expensive product, but we're going to have better outcome, less complication, less chance for the patient having to return for another procedure. Thank you. And Dr. Garib, the, the, the ball goes to you. This has been really instructive, quite frankly. What questions do you have for Dr. Shakuri Rad? Oh, I, I would love to know more about the kinds of things that he's doing. Honestly, we live in, in little silos because we're so busy with what we're doing. Uh, I'm just fascinated by some of the things that he was talking about how precise these robots are and how he's able to do these really complicated procedures in, in such a small incision. It's not more a question. I would just like to go in there and watch him work. Yeah, you're always welcome in, in the OR. <laughs> and you know, it's actually interesting because we all do this and we all, I think, uh, look at each other saying, oh my God, uh, you know, what are they doing in cardiology? This is amazing. What are they doing in general surgery and in, in, uh, orthopedics? And uh, I think uh, we all see that uh, each and every department tries to really push the limit. And, uh, you know, I recently had a, had a um, case where um, I uh, needed uh, potentially uh, would need something more advanced for a patient. And my partners and I were talking and we said, you know what, uh, didn't Wassam just start doing this renal denervation stuff, uh, minimally invasive? That could actually help some of our patients with uh, kidney pain. Maybe we can uh, explore that. So I think the exciting thing for me is that Mon Health and the Vandalia system is not just uh, 
you know, following the trends, we are really setting trends and we are setting uh, bench new benchmarks. Uh, we are developing tools. We are we have uh, a medical incubator uh, for technological advances. We are building things that other companies from across the country are coming to uh, to look at and to to acquire. And so all of this excitement is really what uh, keeps us engaged and allows us to uh, move the move the field forward. And it really benefits at the end of the day the patients, you know. And I always say uh, I'm I'm a little bit selfish maybe about this because I want uh, to make sure that we have all the tools we need right here. So when I need something done, I don't have to travel out of state. I want to get done right here in my hometown, in my home state, and make sure and know that it's really the best um, uh, treatment that I'm receiving or my family's receiving. And so for that, we kind of push each other, I think, to do better, to do newer things. And and while, while always keeping that cost uh, issue in, in mind, because we got to make sure access uh, isn't denied because of a cost issue. So when I talked to, you know, we had some representatives, some com companies in my office today talking about some instruments. And and one of the things that I have learned from perhaps David and, and others is, uh, you know, I asked them, I say, hey, this is great. This is great technology. Is this affordable? Can my patients actually get their hands on it? If I'm going to use it, can they afford it? Can they pay for it? I don't want them to be left with big medical bills. So I think this holistic model that uh, has been created, this culture that has been created at MON is really fascinating because I do hear a lot of our colleagues across the country complaining about how healthcare is really deteriorating. And I think we have a model here that others could uh, use to perhaps better their um, uh, outcomes and their hospital systems. Thank you very much, Dr. Shakuri Rad, Dr. Garib, David Goldberg, what a pleasure to visit with you three of you and, and, and the amazing what you're doing both for Mont Health and Delia Health in, in the state of West Virginia. It's really magnificent. I love it. Uh, thank you all for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure for me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank, thank you for having us. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.